Amen, amen. So good to be in God's house. And more importantly, it's a place that He meets us and His presence is here with us tonight. It's not just a place we can come and say it's a, an important structure, but it's so important because He did what He just did this service. And this morning and last weekend, He continues to meet with His people. That's why this is the house of God. That is why this house is special. Not just because you may have got married here, your baby was dedicated here, or you grew up here. It's because He meets us here. Amen. I am so glad to be in the house of God. I do believe God has given us a word. Uh, he has confirmed it many, many, many times already. And I want to jump into the word of God. I had a mishap last night where I was studying, had my message all typed out, and my computer gave me some issues restarted, lost everything. I said, God, you gave me the message, and if it's your will, I'm going to step back and pray. Give me the message you want to deliver. And he gave me the very same message, but it's handwritten right now. <laughs> I love technology. I'm in IT. I love technology. But however, pen and paper is good for the soul. Amen, amen, amen. I want to jump into the Word of God. In Second uh, Corinthians Chapter 1, I believe God has given us a word, not to just make us feel good, but I believe God is going to give someone some answers tonight. And I believe God has a way of doing that, of ministering and taking care of us, and He is going to help answer some of your what that you presented tonight in worship and tell you why. I want you to think about it. God has taken time to stop everything going on to tell you why. You don't know why, but I believe God is going to tell you tonight in the Holy Ghost why you're going through what you're going through. Anybody else believe me tonight in the Word of God? There was a lot of problems that were prayed for tonight, and I believe God can take care of each and every one of them, and He will. As Bishop said, he wants to. But God is going to tell you in a matter of time why. And it will apply to everybody. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 7. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comfort us, uh, comforted us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the suffering of sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is the effectual in the enduring and the same suffering which we also suffer. Whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. Amen. Can we lay our Bibles down and ask God to do a quick work in our hearts and our minds tonight? Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. minister to us tonight. Do a work in your word. Speak to us mightily, God. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise before we're seated? Amen. You may be seated. Tonight, I would like to preach to you uh, what comforteth you? What comforteth you? In 2 Corinthians, we read in verse. Three, where it says, blessed be God. And Paul writes with exciting language that Paul shows that there can be joy in the midst of a trial. Paul gives testimony to the fact of what he's writing he has lived. And we find that in verse 3, it's the God of all comfort. And Paul recognizes the true source of comfort for him. It is the true comfort that he leans on it's not a crutch it's something he grabs a hold of and he says this is my source now there's one thing to reach over and help and, and lean on somebody i was riding in a tramway with some co-workers and uh, we were in the dallas fort worth airport and the tram that goes from terminal to terminal and and i was standing there and there's not a lot of room or things to grab a hold of and i had my carry-on bag and my laptop and we're going down the tracks, and all of a sudden it makes an abrupt move that I was not expecting. And next thing I know, here I am, and I am falling on one of the smallest ladies that is, is, is with us. And it's, there's about nine of us, and all of a sudden here's this six foot three, 200 plus pound guy barreling with his luggage out of control, and she catches me. And she pushes me back up, and I crawl my way back up. God is like that all the time. Not just when they're prepared or when someone says, look out. Nothing ever, ever surprises your God. Nothing ever catches him off guard where he says, oh, I got to respond. He's waiting for us. He anticipates. He's planned the movement. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And he says, I'm right here, my child. I've got it. It's in my hands. So Paul recognizes the comfort that is given to him. In verse 4, I'll read through in the ESV. He says, Who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And by going through an affliction, God causes the comfort that you receive to help somebody else. It's hard to see that when you're going through the trial that you just prayed about tonight. But I'm come to tell you that God spoke to me when I was standing right there. He says, this is just but for a season. And the reason you're going through your trial is so you can help somebody else. Stop being selfish and thinking, woe is me. God is equipping you for the future. You are not against the ropes and cannot catch your breath or have the strength to hit back. You don't have to hit back. God destroys the enemy before you. His word promises it. You just have to trust in him. 
does not state, it does not state that you have to go through the very same trial as somebody else to help them. I'll read it again. It says, so that we be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Any affliction. That means anything that you face, I can go through something and I can help you. I can be a brother. My, my wife can be a sister and, and sister can help sister. And, and you know what? The ministry can go through problems and go through afflictions. And we're here to help one another. We're here for a reason. Not just to look good, smell good, and worship together. We are here to help one another make it to heaven. We are going to go through those pearly gates hand in hand and we're going to say we made it. We're going to worship the king of all kings and we're going to say thank you brother, thank you sister, but thank you savior for giving them the strength in the trials they went through to help me make it. By knowing the comfort of God, you can share comfort in knowing the comforter. By you experiencing the comfort of God. You can step back and say, it's not a friend of mine that a friend knows. It's not secondhand. I'm not seven degrees separated from the comforter. I know who my comfort is. And I call him by name. And he answers me. He hears my voice. I don't have to say, Bishop, would you pray on my behalf? Bishop, would you do this? Bishop, would you do that? Or brother this or sister, would you pray? I have to step back and say, Heavenly Father, I am here to talk to you today. And I'm here to give you everything you asked of me. All of me for all of you. I don't have to go through the exact trial to help or to encourage you. As a part of the body, I can feel your pain. Think of it this way. If I smash my hammer, my finger with a hammer, I don't have to then pick up the hammer with my left hand and smash my right hand so it knows how painful it is. I feel your pain. As your brother in Christ, I feel your pain. We feel each other's pain. We are here to help make it another day. To keep trusting in him. To keep walking in his word. To keep believing that God has everything in full control. You don't have to say, well, you don't know what I've been through. I don't need to know what you've been through. But I feel your pain. And more importantly, God knows the source of your pain. I don't have to know. You just have to say, Brother Goff, would you pray? That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. You don't have to go in the gory details. You don't have to share with me things you've never told anybody. You save those things for God, and you just say, Brother Goff, would you pray? I'll pray. 
And I'll be a man of my word and I'll get down on my knees and I'll call your name in prayer and I'll add you to my list and I'll cry and I'll pray and I'll say, God, lift up my brother, lift up my sister because when I need that help, I need to be able to say, would you pray for me? I got a special prayer request. And the body needs to go say, I feel his pain. I feel the pain. And we all lift our voice and we say, God, touch my brother. And he hears our prayers. There are dangers when you don't let the body of Christ help you. There are dangers that will pull you out of the church when you do not let the body of Christ help you. When you would rather seek comfort outside of the church, there are you are comforting the flesh at the expense of the spirit. When you would rather say, oh, well, I work with someone and they're really wise. They have a high position in the company. They must know how to do things. They have a lot of wisdom. They run our company well, but they don't know matters of the spirit. They can be as wise and they can, they can turn two pennies into four pennies and they, and they can multiply money and they can have a well-oiled operation to where nothing ever, ever goes wrong and, and things just go perfect and they can resolve every personnel problem and, and the business just runs smooth as silk. But do they pray? Do they call your name in prayer? Or do they say, give me all the facts and their response is, I think. Instead of, go look in the scripture. Go talk to your man of God. God said. Instead of getting the response that can lead you and guide you, stop listening to the voices in this world. You need to take advice from the man of God, from the body of Christ. You need to hear the voice, that voice that cries your name at early morning prayer. Not the one that jumps on a conference call and talks business. You need to hear the voice that gets up and weeps and grabs Kleenexes and wipes the face about your problem and prays on your behalf and says, strengthen brother, strengthen sister, give them wisdom, tell them the way, show us God, lift them up, care for them, instead of the family member that says, stop going, they'll lead you astray, they're trying to destroy you, all they want is your money, no, I just need to feel your pain, I just need to know there is a God that can take care of every, every situation, there was a man that pastored at one time, he came in and he was an absolute train wreck. Came to church because of his situation. And I tried to help him. Tried and tried and tried to help him. Gave him every bit of prayer and help. And we gave him every way we could extend and be a Christian to this man. And I stood there and I can hear his voice so clearly state today. Brother Goff actually said, Pastor Goff, he said, I don't believe you can help me because you have never went through a divorce like I am going through now. And as a pastor, that grips your heart. But he says, I have this friend of mine who's the pastor of a Trinitarian church 
over on the Missouri side, outskirts of town, very successful, large church. He's been divorced. I'm going to seek counsel from him. And he walked out and he says, I appreciate everything you've done and stop showing up to church. I don't. Bishop don't. The ministry doesn't. Saints of God as brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't have to go through the same thing to help each other. When you hold that in your heart, you are full of pride. My problem is so special, nobody else can relate. It's pride. It's pride. You can help me, Pastor. You've never went through this before. You've never lost this. You've never had to give up this. You never had this ripped out of your hands. He doesn't have to. But there is a God that has conquered everything you're going through tonight. And is having you go through this very same affliction for a reason. So that you can help somebody else. That is the why. Stop focusing on the what. Because it's just for a season. Don't let it bog you down. Don't let it bog you down where you say, I don't understand. You don't have to understand why. We don't have to understand why. We just have to know, God, it's in your hands. There's an old song that says, we'll understand it better by and by. That's my hope. It's because he holds my problem in his hands. That's my hope. It's because everything is in the palm of his hands. I come with a burden, and it's founded in the Bible, in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40 gives me the source of the burden of which I bear tonight. Isaiah chapter 40, in verse 1. It says, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, and for that she receiveth of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. It goes on to say in verse 3, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness... Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the deserts a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. That is a powerful verse of scripture. So much in it. But we're going to pull out some things that I want to talk to you just briefly. I promise I won't keep you much longer. But what we have is, we have Isaiah telling the ministry, the prophets, tell the people. Tell the people. It won't be long. Tell them and proclaim it. And tell them effectually. 
Tell them in comfort. Tell them it will not be long. It's just for a season. It's going to pass soon. Don't give up. That highway that you think goes up and down will be made flat. The rough will be made smooth and the valleys will be made flat like the mountains and you will be able to go through in the promises that the Lord has given to us. Don't lose hope. Don't walk out now. Don't give up yet because God has everything in full control. Listen to the voice of ministry in your life. And don't be entertaining those voices say, that's not the right thing. That's not the way to go. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen to me. Stop listening to the voices that are guiding you astray and saying, you don't need to go. You don't need to listen. You don't need to be a part. God is taking you through this to help somebody else. What? Comforteth ye. The message that Isaiah is sharing to comfort is a deep emotion of consolation. He's telling them, listen, don't give up. Your warfare is going to end. And you may think, I don't know which way is up, which way is down. You don't have to know. I'm telling you, you don't have to know. You just know who to talk to, whose hand to reach out to. You can't tell which way is up and you're in the midst of a trial and you don't know what to do, what step to take, what words to say. You don't have to. You just need to know who to talk to. God, I need your hand. God, I need your hand in the midst of this trial. I need you to step down and talk to me. Get the comfort from him, not from the things of this world. As we see in verse 3, begins to go on and talk about the voice that cries in the wilderness. And John, he was that voice. He, John the Baptist, was a witness. And why have a witness and not just show up as Jesus Christ born in a manger? Why? Why not just show up and start to work mighty works? Why does God need John? Why? Why not just show up? He created the universe. He created everything. He orchestrated the law. He gave everything to his people. Why have a man go out before him? He was a witness. There was other witnesses that you will find through Scripture. I won't take the time to go through them all, but I'll look at just a couple in passing. There was some witnesses when the birth of Jesus, what had happened, and he arrives on the scene, and what we have is, we have some shepherds in the field. And the angel of the Lord comes and begins to talk to them, and tells them, you're going to find him wrapped in a manger and swaddling clothes. And they look at each other and they say, let's go find him. And they go in pursuit and they find Jesus. And they begin to tell others the purpose of a witness is to help in defense of others so others may know. And Sister Goff and I, we had a lot of windshield time this last week and we're driving down the road and we're talking about the birth of Jesus. And, 
And we began to say, I wonder if those shepherds ever got to see Jesus' ministry and be able to walk up and say, I seen him in a manger. He's grown up now. I had an angel of the Lord present himself to me and tell me, go find him. Hey, I found him in a manger. They were giving Jesus, if they were there, street cred. To say, listen, he's the Messiah. I had an angel of the Lord present themselves to me and begin to say, go find the Messiah. God chooses to have witnesses to edify each and every one of us. It's for the edification of the body of Christ. That's why we have a witness. Even Jesus had a witness. It's wonderful to look back and think of those questions and say, I wonder if they were in, because they said they were local. They were tending the flock right around that area and went in, started hunting and found him. Makes me wonder if they didn't get to see a miracle and stand there with tears in their eyes saying, this is amazing. I got to see this happen from 30 years ago. I got to see this transpire and I heard about this man and I'm so glad that God stepped into my life and gave me something that I could look back and say 30 years later, I can still attest, I mean, I can say in my life, 23 years later, I can still stand as a witness and say, he's more powerful. He's more beautiful. He's more mighty. He loves me even more. He's deeper and richer than I could ever think. Because there was a day that a man of God stepped to the pulpit and, and had an altar called and preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I walked up. And the word of God spoke to me and filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I became a witness. And I stand here today to tell you, saints of God, you're not in this on your own. You are not in this on your own. If you think you are, please, please listen. You are not. Everybody here is a part of the family of God. We can think, as the musicians would please come we can think that, well, Brother Goff, you read it in Scripture. That's a long time ago. You read it in the Old Testament even and talked about the comfort of God. That's from so far back. What about me today? Reminded of a Scripture. It talks about it in Hebrews, and I won't go through it. But I'll reference it because you should know it should be familiar to you. But God gave a promise to Abraham in Hebrews chapter 6. And it says, he swear by himself. And in the perfection of his mature God, he secures an oath. In his maturity, God secures an oath unto Abraham. And gives it to him. And says, listen, Abraham... I'm going to give you, and he lays out the promise. And he goes through and says, Because there's nothing greater than I, I will swear unto myself the highest authority in the Word of God, His 
word. And it goes on down into verse 18 and begins to talk about he secured the oath by two unchangeable things. Your God, the God that filled you with the Holy Ghost, he did this. He made an oath to you. He put it in the word of God. It's in writing and in English so we can read it and appreciate it as we stand today. God gave you a promise. The promise in the two things that cannot change. His unchangeable things of God is his promise and an oath that he makes. There's nothing that we can do that would change what God's word says. It says it's forever settled in heaven. And you say, oh, well, I prayed and I had a wonderful move of God in worship. But let me tell you, that will only take you so far if you don't believe in the why. Because you'll be back down on Monday morning, pity party, saying, oh me, I don't know why. Why is the devil picking on me? I'll tell you why. Because you're going to help somebody. You're here to help somebody. You don't even see their face. You can't even call their name. But I can tell you in a test, God has done it so many times. When I've looked back over my life and I say, God, my testimony is even richer because you let me help somebody. My testimony is real because you let me help somebody. So pick your chin up, saints of God. Hold your head up high. You say it's just for a moment. It's but for a season. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. That's his promise. What God gave you will not pass away. He said, I will be your comforter and your guide. You still don't believe me. I'll give you one last verse of scripture in Acts chapter 1. Now we know in Acts what this represents, the pouring out of the Holy Ghost. What we find is John is referenced to John's baptism and you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And we understand in and out into verse 7 it says, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. Don't worry about it. Throw the calendar away. Forget about it. Stop worrying about your problem. It's for God to figure out. He knows the times and seasons. After all, he's the one who started it. Why not let his hand take it? Don't give up yet. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop reading your Bible. Don't stop encouraging yourself. Don't stop coming to church. God has a plan for you. Because in verse 8, he says, but ye shall receive power. Now, we look at this and we say, well, that's just talking about pouring out of the Holy Ghost. Yes, it is. But let's apply it to your problem today. Because there's something that happens when the Holy Ghost hits your life. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be what? witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Saints of God, be a witness. Comfort in him. 
Stop saying, I just need another red hot service. No, you don't. I'll keep trusting in him. I'll keep trusting in him. Because he knows the future. Because he created the past and let me make my way through it. He knows the present because he placed me in this day. He orchestrates the future. Stop worrying about it. Because the power of God rests upon you. You felt it in prayer. You felt it in worship. You felt it already in the service. Believe in it. That's the why. Because you're going to help somebody. Because there will be a day when somebody else is going to come down to this altar and say, I can't even. And you say, oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. There was a day in October where someone walked up and prayed with me. And I can because God does. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And you'll be able to say, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. And they'll come down here. And as we've seen so many times, snot and tears laying on these altars. And it's a witness of how God can take care of his people. Because you can walk up here and place your hand and say, right here. It was right here. I prayed and the spirit came. I prayed and my help lifted me up. He is a keeper. And stop your worrying. Hold your head up. Stop being beat down. And stop saying, oh, here he comes again. Because you just need to call on the name of the Lord and you'll say, there he goes again. Devil, get thee out of my life. Stop trying to influence me. Stop trying to beat me up. Stop trying to tear me down. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You need to build a memorial. Come up and say, listen, this is the place. This is the place that I laid everything down. And said, God, I understand why now. Somebody needs me. Somebody needs me. Be proud that you're in the kingdom of God. But not so proud that you can't share him with somebody else. Don't let your witness fall on deaf ears and say, oh, well, I, they wouldn't know. They're too, they don't, they've never said anything about church. It's because their problems are beating them down so bad they don't even know what to say. And you can say, I just came through a trial. And I can be a witness that somebody is greater than he that's oppressing you. Can we lift our hands and talk to him tonight? Thank the master and the savior. He gave you a word. This isn't Brother Goff. This is a word that God has confirmed through preaching this morning and through song and worship. You better take it and run with it. Because if you don't, the devil's going to be back on your doorstep when you walk out these doors. The text messages are going to come in. The emails, the phone calls, the spirit, the sleepless nights are going to try to oppress you. And you say, oh, go talk to this person. No, I'm going to talk to Jesus. Can we lift our hands? And let's encourage ourselves in him tonight. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your hand, God. I thank you for your people. Can we find us a place to pray? Can we thank him for what he's done for us tonight? Can we worship the creator? Can we thank him for giving us a witness? Can we thank him for confirming in his word that he has not forgot about us tonight? You may be in this house tonight because you don't know. But God knows 
God knows how to talk to us. God knows how to take care of it. Hallelujah. Let's talk to him tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. I worship.